We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. What's good, my friends? This is... The most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. You guys have a lot of choices out there. I truly do appreciate you making us part of your day each and every day here on the show. Um, guys, Clemson lost 72-71 to the Duke Blue Devils. Clemson had a four-point lead with about two minutes to go in the game and lost it. Uh, I've heard quite a few jokes from Gamecock fans about this that don't worry because in this game, either way, either result, Clemson wins. And the theory there is, and we can talk more about that in a minute, is that Clemson fans adopt Duke. We don't know why. We don't know how. But there is a high propensity of that. And then, you know, like what everyone always says is, well, Mark Ryan, I don't know. I'm a Clemson fan, and I don't know anyone who likes Duke. You guys got to understand that with what we do and with the platform that we're lucky enough to have, we talk to a lot of people, we meet a lot of people, and I can tell you, I don't fully understand the Clemson-Duke connection but there is a Clemson-Duke connection. It seems with a lot of people, like somebody's dad went to Duke and mom went to Clemson, somebody's cousin went to Clemson, but there also seems to be this, this feeling of, you know, well, Clemson's my football team, but Duke's my basketball team because I love basketball and Clemson's not good at basketball. There's an inordinate number of Clemson football fans who claim Duke for basketball. And if you are a true Clemson fan, you should never do that. That is a violation of rule number one of sports fandom, which says the following. Thou is allowed one big school and one small school. You can claim UF and you can claim Furman FU. You can, uh, no, I wasn't saying that at you, but you can claim Furman, right? UF and FU, you can claim those. Big school, small school. Under no circumstances can you claim two big schools. And so to claim Clemson football and Duke basketball is strictly prohibited. Allow me to make myself clear. Have I done so? I hope so. Because the next point of this is another violation that I saw. Diesel, there was a collection of Gamecocks 
in the front row under the basket at Cameron Indoor Stadium, uh-huh. some of whom took the time to send me tweets for some unknown reason, showing me their seats like the, they're sending, taking pictures from their seats. They're sending them to me. Cool. This is another rule of sports fandom. Diesel, you may be a, may, may have been the one, I'm not sure, that uh, or this originated from. If you are at a sporting event, you must be wearing colors from one of the two teams at the sporting event, or you can't wear the colors of another team, okay? So, like, you can't, if, if you are going to a Baltimore Ravens-Cincinnati Bengals game, you can't wear your Seahawks jersey to that game, okay? You can either wear plain clothes or colors of the team. I don't think I came up with that rule. Okay. I don't think that's mine. But there's Gamecock fans in the front row Yeah, uh, at Cameron Indoor Stadium, which just confirms the audio clip that got Mongo in trouble, Diesel. Do you remember what that was? No. When Mongo said he would rather the Gamecocks lose then ha- he would rather cl- um what, what what was that again <laughs> he would he would he say, he went as far as to say that he would take a gamecock loss if it also meant clemson lost that was buffoonery that was complete and total buffoonery right so in other words like he would rather have his team lose if it meant clemson lost yes than his team actually win yes he did and, say that and so i'm i'm sitting there and i'm watching this game and i'm saying to myself by golly, this is the exact same thing. These Gamecock fans are here for no other reason than to root against Clemson. Their <laughs> team has a game. Their team is playing. On God's green earth, what are you doing at Cameron Indoor Stadium other than to root against Clemson? I will never understand how the loss of your rival brings you more joy than your own team winning. Mongo said, Mark, I'll take the loss this week if you can guarantee me Clemson loses. I was like, but what if you would win? No, I'd rather have Clemson lose. I'll take the loss. Pongo, Bongo, I can't remember his name. I don't get it. Guys, I, I, I do not get it. Now, that brings to light a different question because if you saw the officiating at the end of that game, and I don't like to be officials guy, but, you know, the problem is, Diesel, there are so many of these instances now and you can go back to Tim Donaghy when he threw NBA games, where fans are convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that the fix is in against their team. I'm going to tell you this. I don't think the fix is in, but for some reason in Cameron Indoor Stadium, the Dukies get the superstar whistle. They get the Jordan treatment. They get the LeBron treatment. And I'm not thinking they're consciously trying to throw the game, but everybody's got a story about their own team getting completely screwed in Cameron Indoor Stadium. Everyone's got a story. Fouls on Shefflin. P.J. Hall not fouled. You know, it was it became kind of a disgrace at the end of that game and a game that Clemson really needed to win and really had it in their back pocket, slipped away at the very end, and it's insanely painful because if you are a Clemson fan, you felt like you deser- you did enough to win. You felt like you did enough to win the game. So I'll ask you guys this question. 71307 on the text line. 
or 844-326-3663 is the number to get to us on the show this afternoon. No matter who you're a fan of, what is the all-time worst your team has been hosed by the officials? No matter who you're a fan of, right? You don't have to be Clemson or South Carolina. This is not a question just for those two fan bases. And, and I'm asking you based on the time that it was so bad, you were sure somebody making the calls had, had money on the line. He had some scratch down. He had some skin in the game. What is that scenario for you? What was that game on your end? 71307, just start your text with the word fan, and away you go. Diesel, there's a game that is coined in Florida lore called the Swindle at the Swamp, and it was 2003. And this was just before we had instant replay. And I want to say three different times in that game, there were fumbles or non-fumbles, and the call went against the Gators every single time. This was not a fumble. The officials called a fumble, and Florida State gets the ball. Okay? This was a fumble. The officials call it not a fumble, and Florida State keeps the ball. And it happened three different times in one of those games where Florida's kind of dominating the flow of the game, and they lose. They lose, and it's still called the swindle at the swamp. Still called that. So, my friends, I put it to you. At on the Renewal by Anderson fan phone, 844-326-3663, what is the all-time worst your team has been hosed by the officials? Screwed. That time it was so bad, you were sure somebody making the calls had money on the line. And when I say on the line, I mean like Tim Donaghy, that NBA official who bet on games, was, uh, was taking the points, <laughs> if you catch my drift. Clemson fans were sure of that, sure of that. And, you know, I'm watching the end of that game, and I'm saying there was an armed robbery in Durham today. I called the authorities. The authorities didn't seem to care at all. So... I don't know if you're a Clemson fan and you're upset by this because it seems like a good number of you guys claim Duke anyway. So, okay, your second favorite team won. Okay? But then, Gamecocks, you're not off scot-free either. The hell are you doing at a Clemson-Duke game wearing Gamecock gear? Okay? Like, you don't get to go to another game and wear Gamecock gear. That's not how it works. Okay? And it just furthers the notion that you would rather Clemson lose than have your team win. What are you doing there? This game doesn't involve you, you know? It was an epic troll job, but come on, guys. Like, you have some pride. Oh, wait, you're Gamecocks. I'm sorry, you don't have pride. Sorry about that. Of course, guys, I kid. Wink, wink, I kid. Uh, let's see here. Mark, a texter says, Mark, the pass interference call Miami 2003, we should have six trophies. Texter says, this is somewhat lazily, I might add, the South Carolina-Michigan game. Texter, I mean, like, what what about the South Carolina-Michigan game? Texter says, so it's the ref's fault that Clemson fouled with one second left. Get out of here. Uh, Texter, did you happen to see the sequence of calls that led to that or no? You didn't, you didn't see that, did you? You didn't pay any attention to that at all? Guys, Diesel, do you have one that comes to mind to you? 
where the officiating and, and like I think Diesel, by and large, you and I are pretty anti-conspiracy theorists. Yeah, like we we don't like the we don't like that kind of gist, that kind of narrative. I thought that was very toxic during COVID, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at these these guys are professionals at their career, they're professionals at this job. They get paid to do this. They've worked dozens or hundreds of games before your game was played that fateful Saturday night. But now all of a sudden they're willing to throw it all away just to screw over your team. Like how how self-centered are you? Like that you you realize this referee crew they do want to call another game after this. Sure. They probably want to call years worth of games after this. So they're not going to put that on the line because of some personal affinity they might have had when they were a kid because they grew up in the state of North Carolina, so of course they're going to throw the game on behalf of North Carolina. No, that's not that's not true. I mean, refs refs make mistakes. And I don't know if the makeup call is a real thing or not. I don't know if if they're willing to really say, "All right, we we blew this call." So we're going to call a bogus foul two possessions from now to make it up to you. I don't think they do that. You know, I, I genuinely don't think they do that. So fans fans like to be self-centered. I'm always of the camp of leave no doubt. Don't let the referees take a game away from you. Don't go on a two-and-a-half-minute scoring drought within the last five minutes of the game if you want to win. You know, there's te- I, I've, been, I've watched games where a team is up 10, and all of a sudden you go on a scoring drought and then something comes right down to the line. You're like, ah, the ref's fault. No, it's your team's fault for not hitting a damn shot in the last two and a half minutes of the game. Um, guys, how do you sense on this? We will take your feelings on this on the text line. Uh, if you have sent in a message on the YouTube, please, if you would be so kind, copy and paste to the text line as well so uh, so we can see it. 71307 on the, the text line. Just start your text with the word fan and away you go. Diesel, I got another geographical quandary that happened to me yesterday. Um, I was checking out uh, the Bridgeway Brewing Company, which is in this awesome building that is literally a castle. Okay? Yeah. Um, and That's where the soccer stadium was supposed to be. I was told I was going to Malden. When I get there, people say to me, and I tweeted out, people say, oh, you're in Simpsonville. What is what? Can we please decide what is going on here? <laughs> like I'm so damn confused. Yeah. My, my wife says it's in Malden. I get there and I post, and people are like you're in Simpsonville, but it's right by. What's the everything. address? Uh, is it Malden or Simpsonville? Bridgeway Brewing Company. Diesel. It's on the same street that Malden High School's on. Yeah. So like, is Malden High School in Simpsonville? Like what? It's Malden. So I, I'm I'm thoroughly confused by this. Bridgeway Brewing Company has a Simpsonville address. <laughs> I I believe, I believe it's anything on that side of of 385 is Simpsonville. Okay. And anything on this side is Malden. Okay. Okay. Well, I will tell you this: it feels like everything on that side is Greenville. But you guys know I've I've uh, joked with you guys about this for five years. Every two blocks, there's a different town name around here. In any case, I do want to tell you. Bridgeway Brewing Company was awesome, uh, and uh, they had like all of the they had unbel- they had these options for uh, like prosecco and wine where you can add like black cherry juice to it and apple cider to it. 
and uh, we loved it. We had five big screens in front of us, and I was thinking to myself, it's about time Malden had a place like this. Stop correcting me, Simpsonville people. It's about time Malden had a place like this. It was a blast. It was a blast. So thank you to the folks at uh, Bridgeway Brewing Company for having us yesterday. Uh, great time was had by all. Okay, guys, so let's do this, all right, because everyone is throwing out the word choke, okay? Did Clemson choke? Did Clemson get hosed? Did Detroit choke? Did Detroit get hosed? Did Baltimore choke? I, 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 no one would say Baltimore got hosed, right? Let's define what a choke actually is, and we'll do it next right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark, Ron, and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. Great to have you guys with us, man. Texture says, Mark, welcome to Greenville. Check your GPS carefully because the name of the road you're on may change three times before your next turn. Yeah. So says Randall and Greer. Texture says, I'm a ref. Don't get me wrong. It's high school soccer, but fans have no idea all the things a ref is looking at. Fans don't even know rules half the time. Uh, Let's see here. uh, Continue. And the ref can't explain it to them. I have done varsity 4 and 5A boys games, 4A and 5A. Some of the games where the fans are the most irate were actually the best called games. The rule book for any sport is hundreds of pages long, and most fans only go off of what they feel. What they feel. It's the most thankless position in sports and in, in, in life, guys. I mean, if you, if you work in the service industry, you get nine complaints for every compliment. If you work in this business, you get about eight complaints for every compliment. If you work as an official, you get all complaints and no compliments. When's the last time you said, man, you know, that was a really well-officiated game? On the first of never, right? You never said that. So, um, anyway, let's, uh, according to Maps on iPhone, the place you went to, Mark, had a Malden address. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Bridgeway Brewery was awesome. It was awesome, though, uh, yeah. no matter what. The crazy thing is it has a Simpsonville address if you search for it on Google. It has a Malden address if you search for it on Apple. Malden City Council approved the tax funds for their portion of building the Triumph Stadium. So Malden is putting tax money into an address in Simpsonville. Make it make sense. It's, but I'll tell you what, it's very, it's a lot of fun, and I wish, 
you know, like this this place, a place like this has been a long time coming, man. Really cool spot. Love to see, um, you know, new really cool spots. Once you get out there and you see the large screens outside uh, and you you sample some of the beverages and the food inside, I mean, that's a cool, sweet spot, sweet spot, man. Um, so, guys, I want to mention this. You know, like we have a hard time understanding what the word choking means. I've had people today hit me with, Mark, Detroit choked. Let me tell you, they choked yesterday. Why? Well, they had a 17-point lead in the second half, and they lost. That is a choke. Let me define, to the best of my ability, what a choke actually is in sports. Okay? A choke is where your mentality crumbles. You are mentally weak in a moment where you need to be mentally strong. You are nervous in a time when you need, to be, you need to be calm under pressure. You are fidgety. You have the yips. That is choking. Okay? All of that is choking. Detroit played this entire the same way they did all year long. They played that way in the second half. Now, what happened in the second half? They had a ball bounce off the face mask of their defender. San Francisco catches it. They have a rookie running back who's great, Jameer Gibbs, who fumbles. San Francisco gets it back. Okay? They choose to go for two fourth downs instead of field goals. This is not choking. Okay? A fumble isn't a choke. A ball that bounces off a face mask isn't a choke. It was like anything that could go wrong did go wrong for the Lions in that half number two. But they remained, like, uh, uh, an aggressive behavior is not something that somebody who's choking does. When you are choking, you play close to the vest. You play scared. You play it afraid. Detroit didn't do that at all. But you know who did? Baltimore. And you know who else didn't? Clemson didn't choke. Give me a break. Four-point lead, two minutes to go, a bunch of bad calls mixed in. How are you telling me that's a choke? I mean, choke is the most overused phrase in the sports fan lexicon. Get over yourself. But if you happen to see a Baltimore Raven or a Dallas Cowboy, offer them the Heimlich Maneuver. You can say to them, hey, Ray Lewis, I heard you were choking. Do you need the Heimlich, sir? Okay, you can say that because there's a high likelihood if you see a Baltimore Raven or a Dallas Cowboy, they will have been choking. That's what they do. The Baltimore Ravens, guys, I mean, that was a choke job. When you suddenly appear as half the team you used to be, that is a choke job. And what I was wondering yesterday before this game was played was, to what degree is the cool, common collectiveness of Kansas City going to matter against a team in Baltimore that is clearly feeling the pressure here? Clearly feeling the pressure. Um, Kansas City, you know, not playing with house money, but they've been here before. They've been here a number of times. And so when you've got a Baltimore Ravens team that in the regular season averaged 28 points a game, they put up 10 when it matters most. When you've got Lamar Jackson in the regular season who has a quarterback rating of 103 in the game that matters most, has a quarterback rating of 76. Think about this for a minute here. Suddenly, a good team became bad under the bright 
under the bright lights and pressure of the moment. How does that happen? That, my friends, is the very definition of a choke. Choking to me only happens when it is obvious that a team is playing tight because of a situation in front of them. You guys know this. I had a former colleague who played on a team with Peyton Manning, and he told me that in the playoffs, Peyton Manning's backside was so tight you couldn't fit a pin in it with a hammer. This teammate of Peyton Manning that I worked with told me this about Peyton. That is choking. Peyton Manning lost more first-game playoff games than anyone in NFL history. That's why he's called the best regular season quarterback of all time. Some people just don't have it under immense pressure. Patrick Mahomes does. Andy Reid does. The Kansas City Chiefs do. Baltimore does not. Now, Zay Flowers, dropping all of his flowers, didn't help. Taunting penalty, fumbling the ball at the one-yard line. But despite all of that, Baltimore scored 10 points when they normally scored 28. Lamar Jackson produced a quarterback rating of 76 when he normally produces a quarterback rating of 103. And now you are about to have an MVP, a two-time MVP, that has as many playoff wins as he does MVP awards. Make it make sense, please. Somebody please make this make sense, because it doesn't to me. Oh, Mark Ryan, it's a regular season award. Yeah, but value isn't determined in the regular season. Lamar Jackson has shown you that the regular season isn't valuable because they lose every postseason. He's not the most valuable player. You can give him best regular season award. You can give him that. He had, according to many, the best regular season. But value is determined right now. This is beginning to become like a Michael Jordan situation. You guys remember that? Where, like, you could say Michael Jordan really is the MVP every year. But just to keep it interesting, they give it to, like, Carl Malone or Charles Barkley or somebody else. But Jordan really is the MVP every single year. Give it to Lamar Jackson. Fine. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP every single year. Mahomes talked about Lamar Jackson being the MVP last week, actually. He said, you know, he's the MVP for a reason. <laughs> really? What is that reason? I watched that game yesterday. I saw Mahomes go 30 for 39, a QBR of 91.1. You know what Lamar Jackson's QBR was? 43. Lamar ja Mahomes virtually doubled him up. Give me a break. Some people are cut out for it. Some are not. We have got Chris Phillips coming your way next right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate. You know, there's something going on right now, and the level of disrespect is next level. And as much as you might feel like the Gamecock football program has been disrespected, I've never seen anything like the lack of attention paid to a team that is 17-3. and three. You know, as recently as last week, uh, my go-to site for projecting which teams are going to make the tournament 
had South Carolina as a 7-8% and chance to make the tournament. They're 17-3. and They're 5-2 and in the SEC. They won an SEC game yesterday with no pro- uh, Saturday with no problem whatsoever. Hello, there's some really great basketball going on in this state. Clemson had a victory stolen from them. South Carolina is 17 and three. Okay, like what needs to happen? You know, I, I just I, I just keep seeing the Rodney Dangerfield. I get no respect. I tell you, I get no respect. I keep hearing that. I keep seeing that in front of me. So there you go. Like, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. When is the love going to come to the Gamecocks? Because they should be in the tournament easily, right? This should be an easy tournament team. Um, and yet, locally, national, nationally, this team gets no love whatsoever. It is the most mind-boggling thing to me I've ever seen. And guess what? They're still not in the top 25. They're 17-3 and in a major conference. The team, by the way, that they beat easily last week, Kentucky. The team, the same Kentucky that has more losses than South Carolina, is still in the top 10, Diesel. Diesel, you talk about a helmet scouting, brother? <laughs> yeah. Kentucky's in the top 10. They lose at South Carolina by what, 20? 20 points. Well, that is if you believe that the game ever went final. I say the game never went final, so South Carolina never won that oh, game because Calipari. And we're gonna, we're, I'm, I can't wait to get Chris's thoughts on this. Calipari pulled the team off the court with 4.8 seconds to go, and then all of a sudden, this the screen says final. They didn't play the last five seconds of the game. The game never ended. Hey, Chris Phillips, what's good, man? Uh, SEC Unfiltered is the site. Great to catch up with you. Have you ever seen anything like this level of disrespect, Chris? Where Kentucky is un, it has more losses. South Carolina destroys them. They're in the top 10 by way of their name. And the Gamecocks are still unranked by way of their name. Make this make sense, please. Well, Mark and Eve, the first thing first, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, it is crazy when you look at it. I feel like what I'm starting to figure out is college basketball. There isn't a sport where it matters more if you are a have or a have not than college basketball when it comes to the rankings. And you know, I know the rankings don't mean even a ton, right? I was going to say they don't mean everything. It's, it's all about do you make the field of 68. But at some point, right, Mark, you'd think somebody would, would tip their cap and give credit where it's due. And, I mean, South Carolina had a really impressive week, went 2-0, and beat Kentucky, followed it up with a win, a gritty win over Missouri. I know not a great Missouri team. And I, I, I don't know if that's people's reservations in regards to – you know, you look at the schedule, and, and, and maybe they don't have that big signature win, like outside of Kentucky, that is, uh, you know, against a Tennessee or an Auburn or what have you, which they'll get that opportunity tomorrow night when they go to Knoxville. But, I mean, again, at some point, you got to give credit where credit's due, right? You're 17-3, and three, you're 5-2 and two in the league. Um, I mean, the only bad loss I see on the schedule, guys, is the loss uh, to Georgia on the home floor, and maybe if they didn't lose that one, they would be ranked. But I, I was I was honestly stunned when I didn't see South Carolina in the the AP top twenty five today. And again, it really you know what it really is, guys. It's it's just it goes to show how important preseason hype and expectations are. 
because if South Carolina was a fringe top 25 team and it started 17-3, and well, there's no doubt they'd be in the top 25. But the thing is, they started so far outside of the top 25, picked to finish dead last in the conference. And listen, I was I was one of the doubters, right? I, I did not see this type of run coming. But I, I've also reached the conclusion much sooner than obviously the AP has that this team deserves respect for what they've done on the floor. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. The great thing about respect is, guys, it can be earned. It doesn't have to be given. And the Gamecocks have a great opportunity to earn respect not just on an SEC-wide level, but on a national-wide level tomorrow night if they can take down Tennessee. So, Chris, from a statistical standpoint, can you can you give us any clue as to why, for example, South Carolina sits at 50 in the net rankings, 54th in the Pomeroy rankings? I mean, again, you're having a fantastic season in the win-loss record, but it's not being shown in what is supposedly the analytical rankings of these teams. And, do you look at any one of these as, as one that you like the best, or do you think you kind of have to go with the consensus of all, of all of them because somebody's getting it wrong somewhere? Yeah, I think you got to go with the consensus, Diesel. Admittedly, I'm really happy there are people that are smarter than me that handle the net stuff, the net rankings, and because uh, it can get very confusing, right? It's just not as simple as here's what your record says you are, that's what you are. And I understand why in college basketball, right, because not all records are built equally and you know, different wins are weighted differently, quad one, two, and three, and four. I mean, I think the one thing that maybe South Carolina is missing right now, guys, they don't necessarily have that that signature road win. I mean, if you really want to nitpick them right, I mean, you lost at Clemson. You got blown out at Alabama. Um, again, you get a, bit, a big opportunity tomorrow night. And as the schedule goes, there's going to be more of these road games. Uh, but, I mean, that's the only knock I can really find, guys. I mean, it, it's you know, you only had one blemish in non-conference play, and it was to a Clemson team that, you know, at the time was top 25. And I, I know they've struggled in ACC play. hasn't exactly helped South Carolina's strength of schedule or nets or anything like that. But, um, thankfully, Diesel, I, I'm not trying to give you a cop-out answer, but thankfully there's people that handle that stuff that are way smarter than me because it, it, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, to be honest with you. I just look at it as, like, who you play is who you play. And especially when you're a team like South Carolina who was picked so low. Like, I mean, what wins do you point to and say, well, that wasn't a good win, that wasn't a good win. Like, I know Missouri's 0-7 in conference play. That's a huge storyline in itself. But now you've beaten them twice. You've beaten them at their place and at home. So, I don't think there's such thing as a bad win in the SEC. And, I mean, again, 5-2 and two in conference play and 17-3 and three overall should speak for itself, I think, especially when you're in the SEC. Chris, we had a debate last week, best coach in the Palmetto State. And unbelievably, it comes down to two, Don Staley and Dabo Sweeney. And this is even more unbelievable. The winning percentage for both is identical, 798 at their respective school. They both have two national championships. So, Chris Phillips, who is the best coach in the state? Is it Dabo or is it Don? You know, I'm going to go with Dawn Staley, Mark, because, and I know what the pushback will be, and I don't totally disagree with it, right? Is it harder to win a national championship in football than it is in women's college basketball? I would agree with you, yes. You know, I, I always say that at South Carolina, you know, until Dawn Staley wins another one, I still think you could argue Ray Tanner is the greatest coach ever in the history of South Carolina. And it's because he has multiple national championships in a sport in baseball where it's extremely hard to even get to Omaha, much less to do what they did and go back to back. So, I mean, I understand people who are going to push back and say, you know, the, the difficulty of the task is greater. 
But I look at where we are currently, and maybe markets recency bias, but the way that Dabo Sweeney has failed to adapt and evolve and grow, and he's he's sort of at least in the short term let that be his his downfall. Dawn Staley has not had that dip, right? She has not had that outside of like her first year when it was a rebuilding project. South Carolina women's basketball has been elite start to finish during her tenure, and obviously they're right there on the path again this year, and they're going to be right there in the mix. I would say probably at worst an elite eight team, probably final four, if you will, at least. So um, I'd go Dawn Staley right now. I mean, again, maybe it's some recency bias just because of the the way Dabo and Clemson have fallen off and and what he's done there has been extremely impressive. But I got to go with Dawn Staley at least right now. Chris, who is the single most impressive player in the SEC right now in basketball? Diesel, it's got to be Dalton Connect, man, from Tennessee. I mean, that dude is – that dude is a walking video game every single night. I mean, he he has 25 points on a night. It's a disappointing night. I mean, he's he's putting up 30-plus nightly like it's nothing. I mean, the dude can make it from anywhere in the gym. He's got size. He's got range. I mean, South Carolina, is gonna, again, is going to get a full dose of tomorrow. And there are other great players, but I, I just – Dalton Connect is the guy it feels like night after night after night, Diesel, that's just – putting up these crazy highlights. I mean, I think he, over a three-game span, had like over 90 points. I think maybe he was one of the first SEC players to do that, or a very short list, if you will, of guys. He he broke the Tennessee three-game scoring record. So um, what Dalton Connect is doing at Tennessee is is really incredible, and it's fun to watch. And, again, it's, it's just like watching a, a watching a my player on NBA 2K go out there and, and dice up opponents. Chris, uh, we had this kind of uh, game within the game inception style of existential sports question on Friday, and I'd like to bring you into it. When you decide to root for the South Carolina Gamecocks or whomever anyone's team may be, what exactly are you rooting for? And I was thinking about this because if you're a Kentucky Wildcat basketball fan, uh, you're not rooting like uh, uh, the best player can leave the team and you're still a Kentucky Wildcat fan. So you're not a fan of the players. John Calipari um, you know, that's not what you're rooting for, right? If John Calipari can leave the team and you're still going to be a fan of the Kentucky Wildcats. So you're not a fan because of the, uh, because of the coach. What are you rooting for? What, like what specifically are you rooting for a Jersey? You know, are you rooting for a feel good? Diesel said you're rooting for a chemical reaction in your brain, uh, a release of dopamine. You know, when, when you, especially now in college football, uh, college basketball, with these ch- teams changing overnight where the sport has evolved to, to be where everybody is a one-and-done, just like Kentucky. Everybody has that team. Everyone has half the roster turning over every year. Do you ever stop to wonder what you're rooting for? Because there is no continuity anymore. How do you answer the what in terms of a fan's rooting interest? Yeah, Mark, I think that's a really good question, and I think the fascinating thing about that question is you poll 100 different people, you may get 100 different answers. It's kind of like asking somebody, what is your why, right? It's Everybody's got a different why of why they do things or you know, why they wake up and get after it every single day. So, like, why or what's the reasoning for pulling for your team? And I think, to your point, Mark, one of the greatest challenges that I – because I think there are a large group of people that one of the reasons – you know, their fandom is to a point of the diehard level, if you will, the fanatical level, is because of the the quote-unquote folk heroes that would roll through, right? Their favorite players, the personalities that take over. And I think those that that is one of the reasons that was their what or that was their why. This new era of college football really doesn't sit with them, right? Like none of us really love it necessarily, 
but a lot of us are able to cope with it much better than those that maybe, Mark, to your point, they're what is, well, I, I just love my favorite players. Like, that's a big part for them. So when you ask me that question, the what or why do you pull for your the team you pull for, you know, and this, again, it, 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 it varies from person to person, but I, I think more so it's like pulling for your hometown. It's like where you're I'm, – I'm pulling for who I am, what I am, where I'm from, a lifestyle, if you will. Um, so being from the state of South Carolina, right, I mean, you, very early on you're, you're taught to choose between South Carolina and Clemson, and that, that's the side you resonate with, and that's who your friends are, and that's who you're – you know, the people that you surround yourself with, it seems like they're either garnet and black or orange and purple. I think they can go for any school, right? It's, it's you're, you're kind of pulling for a way of life almost, and an identity. You know, you're pulling for an identity, what it means to be a Gamecock, what it means to be a Tiger, what it means to be a Georgia Bulldog, what it means to be a Tennessee Volunteer, et cetera, et cetera. So I think you're pulling – that's the best way I could put it, Mark and Diesel. You're pulling for an identity, a specific identity. That, you know, because it's funny, Mark – I think we all know better, but each fan base in the SEC and each fan base across college football, college sports, they all think their fan base is different and unique. It's certainly there are unique qualities that, you know, separate each, but it is interesting to see how similar we really are to each other when you stop and look and talk to people and interact and et cetera. We all love our team. We all pull for them each and every single Saturday, each and every single day, whatever, but I think you pull for that identity, right? It's like it's just what since you were young, maybe you can't even explain it, but it's what you identify with. You bleed those colors, and again, once it gets in your blood, it just seems to never leave you. So um, that would be my what. But again, I think the beautiful thing about that question, Mark and Diesel, is you can get a bunch of different answers, and and none of them are wrong. Now, Chris, we we know obviously from from years and years of doing what you did. Um, prior to switching over to SCC Unfiltered, that you are a diehard Gamecock through and through. But has there ever been another school that maybe had your eye kind of turning just a little bit, like you have a special affinity for a second institution? You know what's funny, Diesel? You're going to get a kick out of this. The only other school that I can really think of is, because I've always been a Gamecock, like you mentioned, through and through since I was 11 years old. And, I mean, that's – yeah, that's it. So, but the one school that I really enjoyed watching with my grandfather was uh, we had a condo up in Beach Mountain, North Carolina, and we'd we'd venture over to Boone. And I remember yeah. I remember vividly watching uh, Armani Edwards and Coco Hillary, and the boys went three straight national championships. And I feel like we just kind of always had a soft spot because we were up in that area and we were vacationing up there and hanging out and. Um, yeah, my, my grandfather just seemed to really gravitate towards it and watch those games. And so, yeah, I mean, I, if I had a second team, Diesel, I would say App State. I'm not just saying this because you asked me the question, but it, it really would be the, the Mountaineers. I've been to a game at the Rock, and I mean, it's, it's, and I love that area, obviously, but I still, still go up to Beach Mountain, still go to Boone. So it's, it's a great time, and I, I really do love it. So I think App State would probably be my number two team, if I'm being totally honest. Well, Chris, you are an honorary member of App Nation. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how often you, uh, as a kid, went skiing up there. I don't know if you're a skier, snowboarder, whatever. Uh, mm. But some wild video came out over the weekend, Chris, and, and I'll try to send you a link so you can see this. But this was during the night session of skiing at Beach Mountain sometime in the past week or so. A very large black bear was spotted walking across the slopes as people were skiing right past this bear. So if you go snowboarding up at beach anytime soon, keep your head on a swivel. 
Diesel, good point, man. I was sent that video because, I, I, ironically enough, as we're having this conversation, I'm actually going skiing at Beach Mountain this upcoming weekend. So if you don't hear from me next Monday, me and that bear might have gotten in a tussle. Hey, Chris, no one likes a kiss-up, man, with the whole choosing right. Appalachian State thing, okay? So it's just, you know. No, no, that's not true. I like a kiss-up. That's no, fine. No, hey, no. I, if, if you want an off-the-wall answer, though, I will tell you this. They weren't necessarily my team, but when I would play NCAA football when I was a kid, for some reason, I feel like I was always playing with Michigan or Texas. And I think that just screams the branding, though. Like, they were, like, the two big schools in college football, whatever. So, I, that would be my other answer. But really, truly, App State. I, I, I got a soft spot for App State. Chris, how surprised are you that, you know, even with all of the hate and the Tyler and Spartanburg and all of the criticism – that, like, you know, to me, the biggest surprise thus far in the offseason, and maybe it shouldn't be a surprise, right? The greatest predictor of future behavior is past behavior. I'm just surprised that despite all of the criticism, that Clemson is still largely non-participatory in the transfer portal. H- has that hit you the same way that it's hit me, or is this what you expected? Uh, yeah, I've been stunned by it. I mean, I, I I would have predicted that, you know, the heat is on and Dabo Sweeney would have made moves in the portal. And I, and I know that people will say they, they offered some guys or whatever. But, I mean, I, I feel like if Clemson was acting aggressively in the transfer portal, that they're going to get somebody. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it's stunned me, Mark. It, it really has. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, listen, I know you've spoken out on it. And I would say I, I respect it, too. I mean, I, I respect Dabo Sweeney wanting to bet on himself and bet on his ways. But, you know, more often than not, we see when you don't adapt, you die. And typically when you're stuck in your ways and you're steadfast in your ways that it, it doesn't end very well. Now, maybe this will be a case where it doesn't, but I, I just don't see how with the ever-changing landscape of, of college football and, and how vital the portal is. And, you know, Clemson's recruiting well, guys. They're recruiting well, but they're not recruiting a top five clip. They weren't even top ten this past cycle. And so you would think it would behoove them to, to use the portal. And I, and I tell you, this guy's on a side note. Uh, had a conversation with my good friend Josh Pate over the weekend or the last couple of days. And, you know, he mentioned that there very well could come a time in the near future where we're seeing college football coaches. Basically, your favorite coaches don't love NIL portal, what it's done to the sport. They, they dislike it maybe even more so than, than the common fan does. And, you know, when he was mentioning that thing, you could see some coaches stepping away and, and taking some time off until college football corrects itself. Like, I look at a Dabo Sweeney. And it just makes too much sense, guys. I mean, it just makes way too much sense based off of what he's he said in the past. And I could be totally wrong, by the way. But when you're thinking of top candidates of like, okay, who would do that? Who's probably not all that fond of what college football is right now? I mean, I don't know. Maybe a Dabo Sweeney would be a guy like, you know, that, that, that could be a candidate for that. So, no, I, I was stunned, Mark, but at the same time, I mean, it's Dabo Sweeney sticking to his guns and only time will tell if it pays off for him. Chris, we're running out of time here. I just want a one-word answer from you here. One to ten, how burnt is Texas going to be once they join the SEC and start hearing all the horns down chants, all the horns down posters, uh, uh, the 101 ways that SEC fans are going to come at Texas for being so charm and soft over horns down, how burnt are they going to be? On a scale of one to ten, Diesel, I think a fifteen, because there's there's not going to be any flags or anything for horns down. So I mean, you got to think all these guys have been waiting. Like I can't wait to throw the horns down. So yeah, it's it's uh they're going to be chapped to say the least. 
There you go. Chris Phillips, SEC Unfiltered. Always great to have you on, my friend. Congrats on the new venture. We'll talk soon. Mark and Diesel, appreciate you guys. Take care. Chris Phillips, we've got the top five at five. Coming your way next here on Offsides, we are the Fan Upstate. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.